Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. Right after a late winner from Joel Matip eventually gave the Reds a much-deserved win against Ajax. It took the warm embrace of a European night under the Anfield lights for Jurgen Klopp's side to begin resembling their old selves with a massively improved overall performance. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined by TLW editor Dave Usher and Julian Richards to discuss a result that goes some way towards lifting the gloom. Dave, your boy heading in a last-minute winner at the cop end is nice, but being able to recognise our team again is nicer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I was thinking with about five minutes to go. I was, you know, obviously you, you know you're doing the pod straight after the game. You think, what am I going to say about this? And honestly, I I don't think I'd be saying anything different, even if we hadn't got that winner. You know, just in, in terms of the performance and that. Um, I thought we were good tonight, and the only reason why we hadn't won the game sooner was just the finishing just wasn't wasn't quite there. Felt like every shot we had went straight at the goalkeeper, and it was it's never going to be, you know, where we just blitz a team and come out of it. We've got to like claw our way out of this bit by bit, and tonight's exactly what you've got to do to get out of like the run that we're in. You know, you've just got to find a way. We played well. It wasn't really going for us. We got that little bit of luck when Daly Blind missed that header in the second half. I mean, if we hadn't won that game, it would have been a travesty because we were so much on top, created loads of chances, played well. Ajax had, what, one chance in each half. Uh, so it was just a case of find a way to win it. And I mean, we were dangerous from corners all night. It felt like either Virgil or Joel got the head on every single corner. But I think Virgil had a couple that went straight at the keeper. Uh, Joel done his usual 50p head thing and put one over the bar. Uh, but then eventually, you know, pops up in the last minute. Good old Big Bird winning it for us. So, yeah, made up. Just what we needed. Nice. Um, and, you know, had we not got the winner tonight, I was kind of going to talk to you both about whether this was the glass half empty or glass half full. Uh, because, Jules, this was much, much better. Yeah, it's still not all the way back. But uh, certainly climbing climbing the ladder back to to where we need to be, I still feel that we're a bit uh, constipated uh, when it comes to attack, which is weird because when you look at the stats, um, certainly the attempts maybe not on target. We have a lot of attempts, but I don't feel like I don't want to really reference XG, but I would like to I'd like to see what, how clear cut some of these chances are because I don't seem to think we create enough clear-cut chances in a game at the moment com- compared to how we did over the last few years. But t- tonight, certainly, we dominated on, on all the corners, on the set pieces. We should have had more goals from there. Um, Salah looked a bit more in the game. Diaz still looks lively. Great to see Jota coming back, starting to resemble his old self, or I say his whole self, um, his more prolific self. Um, so m- much more... Obviously, the la- the last the late goal puts a positive spin on it. But I think even if it had been a draw, the performance would have been a slight would have been a more positive. Even if the result would have been, we might be in a bit of trouble in this group. But uh, I, I certainly think it felt a bit. It felt it, I I didn't not not relief, but I, I certainly felt a bit more. All right, maybe maybe we can crawl out of this shithole we've put ourselves into after tonight. Mm-hmm. And um, Dave, there, as Jules said, there are a lot of positives to take from that, and we'll touch on some of the individual performances and, and the improvement of those. But to me, it just felt like having Thiago back in there was that just little comfort blanket that we needed to actually get us moving in a positive direction again. He's brilliant tonight. Yeah, massive difference. He's just quality. Um, we can also add add Matip to that as well. I think 
he just gave us that you know it's just running forward with the ball not it's you know anyone can just carry the ball forward but it's what he does you know just the timing of the pass just like there was that one in the first half and he held on to the ball and you thought so was he overran this but all he did was he just sucked in four players and then he played the pass i think he played it to jota who was then in about like 15 yards of space and it all came just because the timing of the pass and like just waiting for the right moment to play it he was so good tonight joel just uh, he's such a creative force when he's when he's carrying the ball forward because it it breaks the lines it, it upsets the other team's shape because someone has to come out to deal with them which then leaves space for others and there's nobody else we've got who can do that but that that's not you know that's to be expected because who else in the league does that? You know, he's kind mm-hmm. of a one-off, isn't he? I mean, my dad was saying tonight how much he reminds me of Alan Hansen. And, yeah, I'm I, I totally on board with that. I mean, I think the, the big difference is when Hansen played, it was actually easier to do that. Um, so, you know, you'd have other players who would do it as well. Not as well as Hansen, but it was more common for defenders to do that. You hardly ever see it anymore. Um, and he's because it's a difficult skill, and he's so good at it. Uh, but going back to Thiago, uh, yeah, just Thiago was just absolute quality. And you know, we've said it before. It's not just when he's got the ball; it's like his, his off the ball works really good as well. Snapping into tackles and just winning the ball back for us. Uh, I thought he was just right at it tonight, and it just his little shimmies and stuff like that one when uh, he he completely. Sent the guy for the echo. The, the ball, he was on the left left side of the pitch. The ball was played to him, and he turned back towards his own goal. And like the Ajax player just completely bought it, and then he just dropped the shoulder and he just went back inside and just completely left him for dead. And like he's just so good. He's just great to watch. Just a fantastic footballer. Love him. Uh, it's it, you know we know how important he is. You said like Chris um, a few podcasts ago about the, our record went last season in the games that he missed. Mm-hmm. You know, most of our bad results last season were in games where Thiago didn't play. So we know how important he is. Even more so now because of like the, the rut that we've got ourselves in and you know the well-documented uh, midfield issues we've had with like so many players out injured and that. We've just not had like a settled lineup. And when you take him out of it, it, it just really hurts us. And you can see the difference tonight. But I also think Matip as well. Uh, you know, we may as well touch on this now because Jewel posted in the chat before didn't he um, discuss Joel Matip's our best player? And I said Thiago, but the fact that we're even having that conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most important, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, on form, I mean, I'm not saying that Matip's better than Van Dijk, but currently, at the moment, you, you can make a case that he's currently our best player on form, him and Thiago. Hey, well, let's um, let's wrap them both in cotton wool now until we play Brighton, and then be very careful with how we use them afterwards. Because uh, I don't after tonight, I don't want to go back to being without them again. But listen, we'll touch on some of the in- individual performances a bit later. Um, but this is exactly what we wanted to see from the start tonight. Like a, a, definitely a quick start. Um, it really felt like there was a lot more pressure on the ball. There was some good movement, some nice interplay early on. Jota in particular looked yeah. really, really lively. Um, some good pressing from the front there as well, and um, after just about after a quarter of an hour, we got like a deserved uh, opener, Jules, and lo and behold, we had uh, the front three connecting with each other, just like the old days. Yeah, I suppose when you think about the disruption that we've had with Nunes being a dickhead and getting himself sent off, and Mane leaving, and Jota being injured, we have had to 
we've had to use Firmino, even though he's, his powers are clearly on the wane. And so we've had to sort of remake the front three, the, how we attack on the fly. And it's not really been working very well. But then tonight you have Jota and Salah, who've, who've spent a couple of years together, and Diaz, who you know came in like a, uh, like a, th- a thunderbolt last year and uh, has played regularly with those three. And lo and behold, suddenly... Young, two young lads and and uh, the the best the best attacker in Salah all playing together know each other. Suddenly it looks a bit more cohesive. Who could have, who could have who could have predicted this? Who knew? Um, and the goal the, the goal was very much like a, um, a what you'd want from a peak Klopp uh, Liverpool um, attack. And I, I, even though Salah fell over when he was was scoring, it was a great finish sending it to the uh, to the keepers. Not wrong side, but again, I think the keeper thought he was going to go across the goal into the far corner and put mm. it into the near into the near side. A good finish, and yeah, again, just a, a, another sign that maybe maybe things are starting to recover. The nose dives being pulled out of. Um, I think those three are the three you have to now play for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nunes has done enough. I mean, I, you know, I could go into detail on Nunes later if you want, but I, yeah, I we think, will. <laughs> both both feet. Um, I don't. I don't think he's done enough to warrant being starting in games. And I know Dave's advocated that he's better off the bench right now, which is great because that's exactly what I wanted to spend seventy odd million pound on. Um, but I, I think that get Jota up to speed. Diaz is obviously flying. Salah, tell him to stop hugging the touchline so much. Get him in a little bit more, uh, and we might get something back to, to the attacking cohesion. Because again, I, I think the problem is is that. We're creating situations, but we're not creating enough ch- clear-cut chances in those situations. Maybe it's it's the pass is delayed a little bit, or the sh- we sh- too often in the, the start of the season we've been leathering long shots, uh, and they've been hitting the defender being blocked. Because guess what? People tend to be able to block long shots a lot easier than close range. When you're in when you're in the box, the, if you're outside the box, someone's easier to stick a leg out. So we just need to. Those three know each other. They they play quite well. Jota looks like he's getting back to sharpness. Let's play them, and then let's figure out how to integrate Nunez afterwards. And if not, let's figure out how to sell Nunez afterwards. I mean, that doesn't yeah, yeah. that doesn't exactly segue into the the next point I was going to make. Yeah. But uh, we talked in the last part, Dave, about the need for everybody to stick together. After the Napoli game, um, we sort of referenced the comments that that Robbo made, um, but I'm not sure whether it's a chicken or an egg situation. Like the cohesiveness on the field made us look more together, or whether it's the other way around. But it was much more. It was much more of a team performance, especially in that first half. Yeah, I expected it um, from yesterday, though, um, with Klopp's press conference. Just watching him and and. He didn't shy away from any of it, you know. He said like he was joking about how shit we were last week, and you know, no one's under any illusions. He wasn't defensive, trying to, you know, a lot of managers bristle on under criticism for over performances. And Klopp was like, no, you know, I, I don't know what was said because I don't read what you write, but I'm sure whatever was said was actually fair enough because that was so bad. And he just seemed a lot more relaxed about it. And he said he'd watched the game several times, and he'd watched it with the players. And he, he said, even though they didn't need to point out to them, he pointed it out anyway. And I thought, yeah, that that game getting called off at the weekend probably did us a world of good. B- 
because it just gave them that bit of extra time to you know take a breath after what had happened i've get some good training sessions in watch the film figure out what went wrong what you need to do to fix it and i did expect a response tonight and just based on how Klopp was yesterday and i think we got that response you know as i say it was never going to just immediately click back to us being amazing but i think that was a pretty good step in the right direction tonight. I uh, just going back to Jules's point there about the the front three, and this is the three that we've got to stick with. I agree with that. I just think it's a lot easier to say that haven't seen Jota play the way he played tonight because going into tonight, I don't think we it would be a case of yet yeah, that's our front three. Let's stick to it because Jota has been like so patchy since probably February. Uh, he had that run Still where he, better than Nunes yeah but well as I say he, to me that's not really like the, the discussion point anyway because to me he's on the bench bring him on for 20 minutes like what we did tonight but we'll we'll get into that later that Nunez uh, just on Jota he had that spell like probably around the turn of the year last year I'm thinking <clears throat> specifically the Arsenal away game and how incredible he was that night. And, and you thought, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got ourselves a real top player here. And then he got an injury. It wasn't a bad injury, but it just kept him out for a few weeks. And then he came back and and then Diaz had come in and Sadio had gone central. And it was just hard for, for Jota to get back in the team. And when he did play, he looked way off it. His touch just wasn't there. Uh, he, he, wasn't, he, he never had any rhythm at all. And then he gets injured again over the summer like with Portugal he has a setback in pre-season so it's just been like so stop start for him for months uh, and then tonight it was a big game for him tonight you know putting him in there because we've not seen anything from him really for months and months and he looked great tonight I thought I mean it wasn't flawless he still had a few poor touches but he's that type of player not everything is going to stick to him you know it, it's but he was effective he was direct he was involved in a lot of things. He kept dropping deep and finding space and getting on the turn. And when he plays like that, it's easy to say, yeah, that's our front three. Because Jota in that form, how are you going to leave him out? You know, I say that form, I mean, he played well tonight. I'm specifically talking about, you know, when he's been at his best. That mm-hmm. Jota, you want that Jota in the team. So, yeah, that is the three at the moment, assuming he can keep that up. Uh, but I also think Bobby's done quite well recently and he's in the conversation for starting as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Nunez, to me, as I say, 20 minutes at the end of the game, it's just let him bed in that way. Uh, no need to throw him in and, and have like all these great expectations of him. I know he's got a big price tag and we've all got high hopes, but it's clearly going to take time. It's not going to be like he's instantly going to come in and be amazing. We can tell that now. And we hoped that that was going to be the case. But we've seen it with other signings. Sometimes it does take them a little while to get used to what we do. It didn't help him that he came into a team that wasn't really at the best. They weren't firing on all cylinders. And then he stupidly gets himself sent off and suspended. So again, it's stop-start. And I thought he was all right tonight when he came on. But I think I'm I'm going to be like really protective of him from now on. Because <laughs> watching it with my dad tonight, my dad was, he was on him even before he got on the pitch. My dad's like, don't be bringing that donkey on. And oh, he hates him. He absolutely hates him already. And, and you know, it's not just me dad. And I know there's like, there's a few of the lads on the pod. They may not be willing to, to go that far, like, live on the pod. But they know what they've been saying off, off the pod. So, you know, I, I can see myself just becoming more and more protective of him because... I still think he's going to be good for us, but you can see that, you know, with his flaws there, he, he is raw. 
but tonight, I mean, yeah, he's had a bad miss, like the one, and I say a bad miss, it's not that easy a chance, it's, it's similar to the one that Bobby scored against Newcastle, actually, and more often than not, you'll see the, the player do what Nunez did tonight than what Bobby did against Newcastle, it's not an easy finish, you know, just side-footing the ball that's coming across you into the far corner, you know, so, yeah, it's, a, it's disappointing because I would have really loved him to have scored that for his confidence to get him going and that. And then he had that other effort where I think he's trying to square it to Diaz, actually. I don't know if it was sneaking in the, the corner or if it was or Diaz had a tap in and the keeper's just got a hand to it. But he did really well there. So yeah, he did. You do see flashes of it. You, you know, he's explosive. He has got, like, and you know, the shot at, uh, in the Derby game, look, brings the ball on his chest and just fucking leathers one and it's flying in the top corner. So he's got that about him, but there's also moments where, you know, like when he's running in, into the corner, like he, he ran down the channel and he got the ball and he just knew he wasn't going to do anything. And I'm like, just don't fall over. Just don't embarrass yourself. Don't fall over. Just hold the ball up, lay it back to someone and then get in the box because it, he needs to just um, ease his way in. Yeah, because, hold. yeah, because every little to build on. bad touch he has or you know, moment where he looks clumsy and awkward, and there is gonna be some of those moments because he's not like you know, he's not a polished player. That's not he's all about like explosiveness and power and it, it, there's gonna be moments where he doesn't look very good. So I don't want to judge him on those moments. I wanna just look and see because whatever you say about him, he's in the games that he's played things happen when he when he's around the ball you know chances are falling to him he's involved in stuff it's not like he's not getting any chances or anything so i do think he's going to score goals but i also think we need to be patient with it not throw him in from the start every week where if he's not comfortable if he's not playing that well it's just going to build the pressure on him let's just yeah. make Having it easier for him helps with that though, it helps doesn't it? massively because yeah it's not like him or bobby and then when bobby has a bad game we're not going well if it wasn't for that as your dad would say donkey then yeah. um you know, we wouldn't be having to start Bobby in these games. But having Jota back is just a massive deal, I think, and sort of to marry both of your two points from earlier, that Jota has, actually hasn't played that much football in tw- in this calendar year in 2022, right? Like, most of his appearances when he came back from injury were as a substitute. Like, he's missed the start of the season. And at a time when we have looked leggy to start the season and there's a lot of miles in, that you know the likes of Diaz and Mo and and even Bobby as well that we can sort of like if we can keep Jota healthy now then he's probably got like a his gas tank is probably pretty full yeah so like you get like you say we we can keep him in there and then and just neatly bed Darwin in and bring him in in situations which are advantageous to us rather than throwing him in there to start games and sort of setting him up to fail when he's not quite exactly ready for the Premier League then yeah but um yeah I mean. After we got the first, it looked like we were going to sort of go on and, and have one of those performances where we go in at halftime, two or three up, and, and suddenly things are looking great. Um, there was a great chance for Diaz um, when the ball sort of drops to him on about the penalty spot, and you're expecting the the net to bulge there. And you can see after after he missed, Klopp had like a, a, a bigger reaction to that than I thought that he normally would, and I think it was sort of telling that he knew that had that gone in then the floodgate sort of might have opened and we we might have gone on to win this game convincingly. But then four minutes later, um, we're level. Uh, and some of the same sort of problems, um, Jules, sort of um, surfaced again. And it was a shame because other than that one massive lapse, it was a pretty perfect first half. Yeah, down the right-hand side, our right-hand side again, wasn't it? Trent slightly up, ball in behind, 
did he run back fast enough? Did he track fast enough? Matip's no. dragged to the ball. <laughs> Matip's dragged to the ball, um, and then Verge can't get get to the lad. And uh, to be fair, I mean that's a that's an excellent strike, isn't it? Was it top it's, corner? It's Mane-esque. It. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a proper. It's a uh, there's no there's no sweeter strike in football than one that hits the underside of the bar mm. and goes in, um, unless it's Tony Yaboa. Um, the and. I don't think there's much you can do about the finish, but the ball get into that position. There's plenty you can do. Um, you know, it's it's easy, I suppose, to target Trent and say that he he's once again caught out. But as always, it's you've got to temper that by 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 remembering a very very obvious thing, which is both fullbacks are the creative are meant to be the creative driving force um, for, for this team. So they're always going to be further up. There's always a chance they'll get caught out and especially Trent who's so gifted with the ball um he's obviously going to be a bit further up as for the 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 not tracking back yeah he didn't look like he was busting a gut to me either um he's moving quicker than he did last week though he was I'm not I I don't know what to make of it I I, this week last week this season if you I'm not sure what to make of it whether it's mental fatigue you know mm. when you you know if you're like doing a a, a household task or you, you you're doing your garden or you, you're doing a bit of DIY and you're gonna go back and forth to to put stuff in the bin or in the skip or something, and after the first couple you're like yeah it's fine it's not a problem and after the tenth time you're like I've gotta go I've gotta go, go back and do it again, and I wonder to to extrapolate that into football I wonder if sometimes now he's getting the. All right, I'll go back. I'll go back, but you know he's not got that hundred percent commitment to get back just because it is mentally draining to be up and down that that flank all the time, being the creative driving force, then going back and having to defend. I, I don't know. It's it's not. It's, what do I know? I you know I've, I've never played football at any level, so it's it's easy for me to sit here and say that. But it definitely looks like there's something like that. I don't I don't want to be too harsh on him because I thought he played really well. He, he did, did. And yeah. it's a shame that this is going to be brought up. I mean, thank heavens well, we won the game because it will be minimised by by that fact. But if we hadn't won the game, people would be would be talking about this quite a yeah. lot. Well, it's the N word, isn't it? Narrative. I'm going to defend them on the goal. Uh, not not the not tracking back aspect of it, but he's getting criticised for you know the not tracking the runner, letting the ball go in behind. Now I'm playing devil's advocate on this because you know I always see like. Carragher, Rio Ferdinand, Gary Neville, whoever, talking about defending and saying, he's got to do this, you've got to go with the runner, you know. The... Now, I look at that, and to me, Trent knew the runner was running behind him, and he didn't go with him, because he held his position, and I, I'm convinced it's a it's a deliberate thing where he thought he could intercept any pass down the line, and we've seen him do it loads of times. It's it's how we play. It's like if he intercepts that pass, we're on the attack straight away, and he gambled thinking, okay, try and play that ball behind me, and I'm going to cut it out, and we're on the front foot. And he's either got his position slightly wrong, or it's just a really good ball and a good run, and they've got him behind him. So I'm okay with that. Now where I do think. That's not great. Is from that moment on, I want to see him sprinting flat out to get back in the box. Because when you actually look at how it unfolds, when the lad scores, Trent's about two yards away from him 
at that point because he does when he realizes what's going on he does sprint like towards him but it's too late at that point but if he'd have sprinted immediately he may well have been in a position to, to make a tackle there you know or at least try to get a block in but he's a couple of yards away because he didn't do it immediately and we've seen that happen quite a lot and i don't know why but i refuse to accept it's oh he doesn't give a shit he's lazy he's he's got he thinks it's beneath him i, I just not having that at all and i yeah. refuse to have that but there is a, there is something going on why he's not doing that and mental fatigue would seem to be an obvious thing you know maybe his concentration levels not what they should be, which again comes down to just mental fatigue. It could just be he's just in a little bit of a slump in, in, in terms of that. But I thought he was really, really good tonight. And yeah, not just, oh, look at Trent on the ball, playing those great passes. I thought he defended really well. That one one lapse aside, and when I say lapse, I mean they're not tracking back uh, after the ball being played in behind him. Because I do think... He, it wasn't a case if he just got caught out and he didn't know someone was running in behind. I think he just gambled and because that's how we're told to play. You know, it's it's the same as like with the high line and people saying, oh, the centre-backs need to go with the, with the runners. And you, you've Carragher and Ferdinand and that. They're talking about when they played, what they were told to do, what they've always been taught to do from when they were little kids. This is how you defend. This is this mm-hmm. is you track runners. You you give yourself that cushion and all that. And it's not wrong. I'm not saying like that. What they're saying is wrong. It's not. It's dead right. It's exactly how they've always played the game. How they were coached to play the game. How most teams play the game. But unless you're actually in our training sessions and you know what our players are being told to do in those situations. I think it's it's harsh to be having a go at them. I'm not specifically just talking about Trent here. I mean, like the whole high line. Uh, people saying. Do you last think we week, were deeper tonight? Uh, I thought we were a little bit deeper. No, I don't know. I, I I couldn't tell you to be honest. I yeah, maybe okay, have to sorry. watch it again and then and look at it. Nothing that I noticed. Uh, but they've obviously they've they've got they've got to do something to make sure last week doesn't happen again. Where like I was interested in what Klopp said about that about you know the no pressure on the ball. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, they're just not, they're not working, they're not, Klopp was saying they were doing it individually, everyone was trying to make a difference themselves rather than doing it as a team, and like, we were too focused on, like, someone was, like, flying in to try and win the ball, and they didn't have the players, like, they didn't do it at the right moment, so you've not got... Like two players behind you backing you up when you don't win the win the challenge. So he was saying it wasn't a case of them just, you know, not being not 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 pressing, not being that arse to put the shift in. They just did it in the wrong way, you know, a little bit reckless individual players trying to win the ball back and stuff. So that's something where we've just got to get back to basics. That's how you're going to get out of the the run that we're in is you just go back to basics. Right, okay. What do we do well? This is how we do it. Let's do that and just build our way back from that. Yeah. And, and I think tonight, tonight we did that. Though, I think t- tonight Fabinho looked a little bit more mobile than he has. Yeah, in, I thought so. In previous yeah. weeks as well. Like I think that goes to exactly what you're saying, really. Like building our way back. But I don't, Jules, I don't want to focus on the goal like too much because at the end of the day, we've been moaning on this podcast for the last five weeks mostly, and we've won tonight and we've played well. Um, but the, the blame isn't solely on Trent here at all. I mean, sure, he makes the mistake. Uh, I think Joel has to cut the cross out. It, it, he allows it to come across too easily. It's kind of like a half-hearted effort to close it down. And although Verge, the way Verge defended that wasn't as bad as it, the United one, I thought it was kind of in the same ballpark um, in terms of the 
the sort of staticness of his positioning and the hands being thrown behind the back. And there's one angle of it that makes it look particularly bad, which shows that it's, it's right behind the strike. And it shows that he hasn't really made any effort to sort of cut off the angle for the shot. I mean, I, I said to you guys in the group chat, I don't think anybody was saving it anyway, but you want to at least see your, your centre half throw, actually throw a leg or throw something in front of um, in front of the angle that's going to potentially stop the ball going into the back of the net. Like, how, how did you see it? Uh, it's not really a weird thing to say because he's a centre centre half, but it's not really Virgil's game. Is there throwing himself, launching himself like last ditch, Carragher style in front of the ball? Um, Evidently, perhaps perhaps because he's been so on it for so long. He's always been able to anticipate. There's never been a need to do that. And if he is, like, maybe losing a step, he's going to have to start considering doing it because otherwise you're going to have situations like the goal tonight. You're right. I don't I don't disagree with anything you said there. I, I, you're right. We shouldn't focus too much on the goal because, you know, Ajax, you know, they're a great name in European football. Yeah, obviously the Eredivisie is not the the league, the strongest league in Europe. But they are, you know, they they always mix it up. I thought they, I thought they they did all right, um, and we've we've got this sort of glass jaw defensively. So it's not that's not going to suddenly turn into granite overnight. It's going to take um, it's going to take a few a few weeks, maybe a month or so, to sort of get that defensive that base back as solid as we'd like it. So yeah, it was disappointing just ten minutes after we'd scored. We were playing all right for them to just sort of. Score out. It seemed like scored nothing, and the 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 daily blint chance aside in the second half, I don't really think. I thought we looked fairly secure, given yeah. how we'd been recently. So you're right. We, sh- we shouldn't focus on it too. We shouldn't focus on it too much. It was a good goal. It was a good finish. There could have been things done better in the build-up. Yeah, fine. That that happens, and I'm sure they'll work on it. They've got Lord knows they've got enough time to work on it now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't think they let it bother them too much, which was which was nice because a lot of the good work that we did after conceding came from came from those lads at the back. Like Trent has that nice uh, nice run and he gets in and probably should have finished it, but it was you know positive stuff from him. Um, Verge was really unlucky with with two headers, and we were kind of talking about this in the group, Dave. That I felt slightly frustrated, but that we were going in one-one after playing so well. But the important thing was that we were playing well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's what you need, you know. We got a two-one win there, but if we'd got a two-one win by playing really shit, you would have been relieved. But we've got the points now. But there's not too much to build on. I feel like we laid a good little platform there to build on. It's just unfortunate that we're not going to have any games for ages now. I say that, maybe that'll work in our favour as well. You know, it, it does give them a bit more time on a training ground. Time will tell on that. Um, I'm also not unhappy about not having to play Chelsea this particular weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. because the, I can't think of a, a worse place for us to be going. In like when the country's in like the the state it's in at the moment, um, that's just like absolute recipe for carnage if we were going there. So it's probably not a bad thing that that's being called off this weekend. Uh, it's just unfortunate that we're not, you know, we're a team that plays that plays our best football when we're in a rhythm and we've got a lot of games. And now it's we've we've got this, and the, the players are probably thinking, yeah, let's get out, let's have another game. And they haven't got that now for weeks. 
So at least we've got the win going into this break, you know, so it's a good thing they've not got after stew over another bad result. Like, uh, even if we'd have ended up drawing, I would have been pleased with how we played, but the players would have probably been on, on a downer, like, because they, they're not playing for a while and it's another disappointing result. So Joel's goals, like, it's, it's a massive boost for everyone, really. Um, but... <clears throat> The performance is the main thing for me. We we looked more like our old selves. Yeah, we weren't at our absolute best. But you know what? This is it's worth mentioning this because how often in Champions League group games do we look brilliant? You know, we tend to that's kind of typical tonight. Not necessarily like the last minute winner and that, but you know, just games where like yeah, we've played well there and we've got the job done. We've we've got the points. It's not like we always just go. We've got two levels. I think we've got like the, the Champions League group performances, and then we go up a gear when it's the knockout and we really need our A game. So what we saw tonight was not really unusual for for this stage of the competition. We often play like that, and you know we just do enough to win. So. I've got absolutely no negative thoughts about tonight at all. I'm not bothered about the goal we conceded because it was one moment in a game. Now, it's only in the context of the season that we've had and mm-hmm. that, you know, bad goals that we've given away. It's like, oh my God, look, we've done it again. But it's not really a big deal. It was like, overall, we defended well tonight and it's it's one lapse, yet we've conceded a goal from it. But that's going to happen even when we're playing really well. You still have it's like those last moments. season, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go through games where like you're absolutely perfect and you don't give up any chances to the opponent, especially like you know at Champions League level. People can say what they want about Ajax are not great or whatever, and yet they're not. But they're you know they were clearly they looked like a well coached side, and although we've created plenty of chances tonight, I thought they defended quite well and they looked like a good unit. So it's not like we were in against like some bum team. They were, a, a good Champions League level club so yeah you're not going to restrict them to no chances at all so one chance in each half uh, I think that's all it was I can't really remember anything else other than ones that were given offside so one chance in mm-hmm. each half yeah, we've, we've defended well tonight I, I'm pleased with the performance I think there's a lot a lot to take from it individually and collectively it was good tonight You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. There was an example I thought just after half time that could have sort of summed up the change really, and it was um, they were on the break like two minutes into the half, and um, Mo was like sprinting back into the centre half position. Um, the lad who scored tried to win a penalty, failed, and then the ball went straight upfield to Jota, and he had that ace run where yeah. he kind of just cut across and got a shot away. And I was thinking, man, that's much more like it. And there was mm. just a huge roar that went around the place after that. And I think sort of the crowd sort of sensed that. Um, so yeah, like that, you know, this is what we want to see. This is more like us. And the second half, Jules, it was kind of more of the same, really. A lot of probing a lot of efforts on goal, a lot of situations where we could have probably slightly made better of them um i thought costas was like fantastic throughout today like he was probably 
like one of his probably maybe his best game for us. I thought he was awesome, and obviously he delivers the the cross for the goal. But defensively, I thought he was really solid, really tenacious, showing up in different areas of the pitch and and contributing as well. Um, and yeah, like it just seemed it, it did seem to me like the goal was going to come. Did you share that, or were you sort of concerned that it was going to peter out as it has in other games this season? Yeah, no, I didn't share that because we have we. I know the Newcastle game happened, but re- realistically, we haven't. Natural sports pessimism. That's what kicked well, in there, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, it, but we it just we haven't shown that this season, so it didn't it didn't really feel like it. Um, and if we hadn't have won, I'd have felt a bit hard done by, but I wouldn't have felt massively hard done by because, um, again, I just feel like we did, our decision making, our our just the way we we construct our, our play in the in the final third, it just isn't quite there yet. It's it's a little out of focus. Um, Simicast, um, yeah, he was good. I think he always needs like about three or four games to get rolling. And then once he gets rolling, he 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 he's good. But I, I if he's just coming off the bench ten minutes here, ten minutes there, I don't think that's helpful for him. I think a few games now, and then, I you know it might be worth not putting Robertson back in when he comes back from injury anyway, because he's looked really jaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if Costas can can pick up a head of steam and stay in, I think he probably should stay in for a while, because again, it's not about saying that Robertson's finished he obviously isn't it's just about this has been such a nightmare start and it's highlighted how jaded the players probably are I think you were right Chris when you said like I think it's this hangover from last season whether it's mental or physical it's just too close isn't it it didn't you didn't there wasn't enough breathing space especially with the internationals at the end of last season for people to go for them to go away and decompress because they're you know I know they're elite elite level level footballers and they obviously their mentality is different to, to to the rest of us on some of these things but you need to decompress you just need to go away and and you know chill out so i i think Simicast playing instead of robertson i think that would that wouldn't upset me greatly at the moment as much as i love robertson i want to see him come back but i also i don't want to see the robertson we've seen so far this season who's who's looked uh, you know creatively void and uh, physically a, a little bit uh, within himself. For the most of the second half, we had it was like a little flurry at the start of the of the second half where we had a chance, they had a chance, and then it sort of settled for about twenty minutes. I thought we, you know, we we were in control, but not much was happening. And then there was that um, that final push on then, and then Ajax started with the um, the fake injuries and stuff, which. I, yeah, I've I've been as guilty over the years. I enjoy a bit of shit housing and all that stuff, but it's it was all right when it was limited to one team doing it. It's not it's not all right when everyone's doing it now, which I suppose was obviously going to happen. It was a nat- it's a natural progression. Football it happens in football, right? Someone one team does it, other people go that's an advantage, that's an edge. We should do that, and then all of a sudden you've got like Sam Maxman, not Sam Maxman, Joe Linton going down about fifteen times in a game to slow it down. And there's nothing really the referee can do. The referee has to stop the game because you can't you can't you can't be the ref who won't stop a game when someone's genuinely injured. You always have to stop it. So that's when you knew we were building up ahead of steam when Ajax was starting to pull that pull that sort of shit. Yeah, um, it was he got it in the face with the ball. He cleared yeah. the ball. Yeah. And then he went down. I'm like, no, no, if you're well enough to clear the ball, then you're well enough to not just throw yourself on the floor in the box to stop the game. So let that, me, that, let that me, was, that let was me just not you acceptable. Now. 
Let me tell you now, he jumped through the window to escape. What a cowardly act. It really was. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and in terms of Kostas as well, Dave, like it's no coincidence with him on the field that we had so many opportunities from corners tonight and then finally the one which won the game. Yeah, that's true. But on the subject of Kostas, you know the difference with Kostas and Robbo? Eye of the Tiger. Costas yeah. has Could got be. Costas has still got Eye of the Tiger he, he's still got it you know there's some players you can see yeah they've still got the Eye of the Tiger and you know it's ironic though because he looks knackered all the time yeah but Robbo's Robbo's like Rocky and Rocky 3 and Costas is like Club Lang. he's like just you know he's the, the young hungry one and uh, yeah he's not being jaded by it all whereas Robbo's had like five years running himself into the ground and it just looks like it's taking a little bit of a toll because it's not just what he's done for us but like the other season finishes and then he's got to go and play for Scotland every summer as well and mm-hmm. you know and you can see it's it's definitely had like a, an effect on Robbo he just he's needs had a, a disappointment bit of a I mean speaking well, Scottish, about all of the so players exactly permanent disappointment isn't I it? know but like we, we just talked about the players disappointment from um, what happened at the end of the last season he had to go to World Cup playoffs yeah. and lose those as well so it's not like Jules's boys, Nico Williams, flying high, heading to the World Cup in a month or two. It's great being Welsh at the moment. Everyone should envy us. We don't, no one expects anything apart from us to like have a, a you know have a go, and then we we end up going away and playing decent football and getting good results. And everyone's on the same page: fans, players, management. It's fantastic. Yeah. Feel sorry. And for you Scotland. don't have to be associated with the fucking English like me and Dave do. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a bad life. At I do all. live in England, so I can't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You've always got your refuge, though, haven't you? Your little valley's refuge where you can, yes. where you can go yeah. and enjoy yeah, but, the great outdoors and stuff away from those plebs where you live. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I think it's a bit. <laughs> I think it's a bit off like, I was going to say he was. He goes away and plays with Scotland every summer. I was like, not for very long, though. <laughs> so that's me, you know. <laughs> Although actually no, fuck Scotland. They've screwed Wales over enough times over the years. No, I'm not bothered. <laughs> fuck them. There you go. You guys keep fighting among each other. And- Can I just say I, I love Scotland yeah. and I wish I was Scottish. I want that on the record now. That was not me having a go at Scotland when I said about right. like permanently disappointed. It's just a fact. But yeah, I love Scotland. Is that why you all drink right. all that iron brew? Yeah, I don't drink iron brew now because he took all the sugar out of it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, what if it? I tell you what, if it is mental fatigue affecting some of these players like Robbo, I can see where, where I can it's see because it he took the from. sugar off the iron brew. It all makes sense. Mystery solved. <laughs> There's a direct correlation between Robbo's form falling off a cliff and them taking the sugar off the iron brew. Man, you've solved it. Yeah, get that man is. Do you know what? In the US, it's amazing because they sell this uh, Mexican Coca-Cola in a big... Oh, the Mexican Coke. Yeah, like 370 fill, <laughs> 375 mil glass bottle. A glass bottle is the best way to present Coca-Cola anyway. It's always the nicest. But this one is like the Mexican one. It's made with real cane sugar as opposed to the high fructose corn syrup shite that they put in it, which tastes like nuts. It's fucking horrible. Um, so... Hey, there was a Mexican Coke reference in the uh, in the series, new season of uh, Cobra Kai. Oh man, I need yeah, to get on that. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it, but I do now. Now the oh, I was like, I was like, I was like DiCaprio in uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, ah! I'm not sorry because when I've been over to see Chris and he's gone, Me- we're going to get some Mexican Coke. And I'm like, well, hang on a second, yeah. What do you mean Mexican Coke? I said, like, Mexican Coca Cola. That's all right then. Yeah, okay, fine. Get some all right. That's, us. That's the soft drink <laughs> section of the podcast done anyway. Anyway, Jules, Costas in Cast Corner, Joel Matip header, incredible scenes at the cop end. Yeah, great header. Knew it was in, didn't he? Do you know what? Really, you wouldn't have heard this uh, on the BT Sport feed. They, he said, "Oh, the video assistant favors Liverpool." It doesn't favor Liverpool. It went over the line. <laughs> that's not favoritism, Darren Fletcher. That's like that's fact. They went over the line. It didn't favor us. But I, I could see you could see from the in real time that it had gone over the line. And again, we had lots of headers, lots of chances, both Virgin and Matip. But you know, it's just, <laughs> you. It's a poor man who can't enjoy a late winner, and it's a poor man who can't enjoy a Joel Matip late winner. Um, and uh, I think Paul said from, he was in the cop end. He's like Matip's face was uh, was quite the picture. And we, yeah, if you've ever seen any like training videos or back behind the scenes footage from for over the years, you know that Matip's face it can be the, quite the. It's always a picture. Yeah, it is always a picture. It is always a picture. I, and I made up for him. Great to see him back in again. We need to manage. He had, he was he was you know he barely missed the game last year, but we we need Kanate back because we need to manage Matip as well. I don't want to you know maybe get Kanate playing in the Champions League games and then put Matip in the league games, but you know he's he's vitally important. The way he carries the ball out to defence, vitally important. Like you put him in carrying the ball out defence, like zigging and zagging, like a like a, a downhill skier, slalom skier, and then you got Thiago pinging the passes around opens up the game doesn't it, it opens up the, mm-hmm. the pitch it's not it's not so much narrow shite that we've been watching where everything's going down one middle corridor and nothing's going you know nothing's working all right well you could see just how much getting over the line in this game meant to everybody big big huge celebration um a lot of fire and a lot of passion came out um at the final whistle it wasn't a big celebration from Jurgen, but you could just really see the relief and the let off of steam from him, and the way he sort of like clenched his fists to his um, to his chest. You know, it wasn't by any means an adm- uh, an animated celebration, but it was just like, okay, right now we have a base that we can build on, especially compared to last week, and especially compared to what we've seen in previous weeks. And now, like you say, Dave, uh, we've been sort of dreading these games coming up, and now we kind of want the next one sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think um, his reaction was he knows that we're not back as such and so he didn't want to be giving it the big end but like you could see he was relieved and also probably thinking, yeah, that's great, that's like, you know, it's a step back to where we need to be. Um, He got the response he wanted after last week. I'm sure there's loads of stuff that we won't even pick up on, you know, little subtle tactical things that they were working on and I'm sure he was probably really pleased with all of that. Um, So... Yeah, just it's it's nice platform to build on, and because there's no games, it just gives them extra time on the training ground, which may also benefit Nunez as well because, mm-hmm. you know, they it, it's they've they've got to find a way to integrate him, even if he's not going to be starting games at the moment, they've still got to like get him going, and I think a big part of that's going to be just making him feel comfortable because he he might not even like feel particularly comfortable yet, you know, he's still probably trying to impress his new teammates and probably like a little bit, I don't know if intimidated is the right word, probably isn't. Um, but you've still, you're going to be like eager to impress and, you know, he's got to prove himself, whereas everyone else 
has been here a while they're all established so it, he's got a big fee over his head and i just think that like maybe like not having these games where it's always Nunez going to start. He's not starting. Why is he not starting? We've spent all this money on him. It just all like adds to the pressure. So just a couple of weeks training sessions. Um, hopefully that'll do him some good as well. And then next game is is Brighton, is it? Is that our next league match? Yeah, Brighton at home. So yeah, yeah. Just not until October, you know. I know. <laughs> it's mental. Like... And if there's the internationals as well. So who knows who's going to come back injured from that? There'll be somebody who'll, who'll get injured. They always do. So um yeah, see see who's available for that game and then take it from there. There's no point as even previewing that now, it's like so far off. No. I mean it's fucking mental though, isn't it, when you think that like this the way the season is anyway, and we are going a full month without playing mm-hmm. a league game. It's we played Everton on the third, and I think we play Brighton on the first of October. So it's it is four full weeks without a league game. It just makes you think where the hell they're going to fit all this in and how are they going to unravel this mess that they've created by you know sort of just not going with the gut and, and playing the game at the weekend and I mean you know the Met Police have plenty of logistical challenges not you know not limited to shooting and killing unarmed black men raping and killing women Brighton. harassing peaceful yeah, protesters Brighton. and being charged for having sex with 13 year olds and there's a funeral on Monday so I understand they've got a little bit too much on their plates to deal with Chelsea Liverpool on Saturday but Ah oh, man, this just—it's—it's it's just going to be a nightmare sorting all this out. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing is, there's, I understand why that game's getting called off because you know the police have got other things that they've got to do. I mean, there's people out there shouting "Who elected you?" and "Not my king," so they've got to be dealt with. Obviously, you know that's like mm. a absolutely pressing issue. You've got to be arresting those people, so you can't be policing stupid football matches when there's serious things like that going on so i understand why that game's got called off but why the game last week i mean i just i don't even have the words for it because every day something's happening that's making me just feel like we're just in like an episode of black mirror or something it's mental yeah it's like like what the fuck is going on what's going on in this country like I, i just i don't get it you know sometimes when like there's something that you don't agree with but you're like, well, yeah, that's not for me. I don't agree with it at all. But I know why you think the way you think. And, you know, I, I understand your point of view. I don't understand this at all. You know, like the the people who are like devastated about the Queen dying. I've, I've, without getting into this too much, like, but, you know, I'd abolish the monarchy if it was up to me. I don't feel particularly passionately about it. It's not like I think about it all the time. But if you ask me, what would you do? I'd be like, yeah, there's no need for that. Get rid of it. It's it's way outdated. Uh, but I don't have anything personal against the Queen. And I understand that some people are going to be like upset about it and they want to like pay their respects, they want to grieve and all that. And that's fine. Let people do whatever they want, but don't be forcing it on everybody else and telling us you, you can't enjoy yourself. You know, people work hard all week and then like the, at the weekend, it's like that's their leisure time. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the footy, I'm going to see my mates and all that. And you're taking that away from them because you're telling them, no, 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 no. You can't be having that. You know, you've got to stay at home and, and watch Giles Brandreth telling stories about how, how he knew the Queen and how she was such a funny lady and all this. It's like, fuck off. Telling people like how they're supposed to behave. I mean, for fuck's sake, I'll be driving around in the car at the weekend and this is going to sound like, you know, I'm saying this just for joking, but I'm fucking deadly serious. I'm listening to... I, I always have, like, heart 80s on in the car or I'll, I'll maybe... 
if I don't like the song on there, I'll go to Absolute 80s or whatever. Honestly, I was going through every single channel while I was driving around at the weekend, and every station had all, like, slow, sombre, fucking miserable shit on. And I'm like, hang on a minute. So the Queen Just, dies. Yeah. and now stop Elton. Yeah, so, like, I'm not allowed to listen to fucking Wham and the Pet Shop Boys on the radio now because that's too <laughs> upbeat and inappropriate. Like, three days after, she, after, after the Queen's died, it's like, fuck off, what's going on? It's completely just batshit mental what's happening at the moment. I mean, it's probably a good point now to get on to like the the minute silence tonight and all mm-hmm. that because Paul was there. So we, we'll hear from Paul now. Paul sent a, a voice message in. Um, he, Paul was on the cop and he's got some good insight into what actually happened tonight. So we'll, we'll just hear from Paul now and then we'll come back and we'll discuss it. When it came to the silence for the Queen, it was quite tense, really, because you could see that no one wanted it to get wrecked at all. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it started, um, and then a couple of seconds in, there were like two voices, both were sort of behind me, one one sort of near the back of the cop and one over to the other side, also behind. And instantly loads of people shushing them. And one of the voices shut up straight away, the other one kept going again. And then somebody, I can't, I can't remember exactly what was said, but somebody basically threatened to fill him in, and he shut the fuck up, um, and that was it. But it was, uh, it was frustrating, like because we don't need all that on us, do we? And and also, you know, my view on it is, you know, I'm no, I'm no monarchist at all. I'm all in favour of a republic, me. But you know, a woman's dead. We don't need to. She doesn't. She never did any harm to us. Um, we don't need to revel in it. We don't need to be anything other than respectful of the fact that, you know, a significant figure in this country died and there's just absolutely no need. I reckon I reckon the lad who was mouthing off the most was just full of ale and uh, trying to give it the big one and, and, and couldn't read the very, very, very big room. Um, disappointing, like, but good to see that, you know, the overwhelming majority wanted to respect it. Felt tense, though, felt edgy and, and glad it was over and done with in the end. Another thing I should say is I'm just delighted they didn't play the national anthem. And hopefully by the time we play again, it'll be so long after the event that we can swerve that completely. Because I think that'll just be a red rag to a bull. A minute silence is one thing, but the national anthem's something totally different. I think that would get booed. Um, so glad we were able to swerve that tonight. And hopefully we can swerve it completely. Just don't want to... That's not a look that we want to... Uh, we want to publicise, really, and I just don't see any way of avoiding that getting booed if that's played. So I think the club's handled it about as well as it possibly can, to be honest. And, um, you know, as fans, we dealt with it um, almost uh, without blemish. All right, great to get a first-hand account from Paul there, who was at Anfield tonight. Um, I think we were sort of all a little nervous about the way this could potentially go down tonight. It was it seemed like it would it was very, very fraught for us in particular because the eyes were on Liverpool after the national anthem thing at the FA Cup final and time and time again um before that. And it just seemed that people were just waiting for us to to slip up. I mean my opinion on this going into today was like why like why sort of like poke the bear with the sharp stick and then sort of don't expect the bear to not bite back but you also have to expect the bear to lie down and roll over and give paw and all that kind of stuff it's like it just seemed like 
you shouldn't be this this was a uefa fixture right it wasn't being run by the fa i didn't feel that there was a need to have this tonight but given the fact that it was going ahead i was quite anxious about whether this was going to be um respected i guess respected is the right word um abided by would be another way to describe it but it does seem from what paul said and from what i heard on the tv that it was only a couple of people um the old heads in the crowd knew that this was a situation where we could get absolutely vilified if this went the other way and um did their bit to make sure we were at least docile through that it wasn't even a minute was it, it was like 30 seconds or something mm. Um, the one thing I'd say is, I think when you you when it comes to a minute si- minute silence, sometimes you just have to shut up, Whether, unless it, unless it's someone truly you were at odds with, um, like a, like a, a, a certain prime minister in the eighties, unless there was someone you were truly at odds with. Um, you just have to. You sometimes the greater good is you just have to keep silent because we often rightly get get annoyed and upset with Chelsea fans, you know, singing through um, a, a Hillsborough um, minute silence and stuff like that. And right, as I say, rightly so. You, but you, it, the door swings both ways. Sometimes you've you've just you've just got to you just got to re- respect the. Respect the silence, even though you don't necessarily respect the. In this case, you know the, the Queen. You might not respect the institution. It is just a ninety. It is, when you bring it all down, it's a ninety-six-year-old woman who's died. Yeah. Um, what 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 luck are you what what good luck's gonna come out of that from making from making a song and dance about it? Mm-hmm. We we we've booed the anthem. You know, I've booed the the, the God save the now King. I've I've booed it many times. I don't like it. I don't. It doesn't represent me. And I, I've I've never liked it, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't boo in a minute silence. And I wouldn't. It's a minute silence. I don't. I, you know, you, you want controversy or you, or you want you want um, hot takes. I don't I don't particularly like what the um, the minute silence in November has become. With now you've got to march out a big massive poppy onto the pitch and all the players' kits have got to have a poppy ironed onto it. I think it's I think it's mental. I I think it's the Americanization. The, the American fetishization of, of military being brought over here is, is just un, it's, it's horrible. It, it wasn't like that, but I, I still when it if there's a game, you know, when when the game comes around in November, you know, I t- I'm I'm still respectful enough to take my hat off and, and and bow my head and keep my, and keep stum because it's not for me to say that. It's not for me to disrupt it. Other people don't feel the same way, um, mm-hmm. and I, I got I. I didn't get all of the start of the game, but I did get the the, the build up because, as often happens with dodgy streams, they're okay until the game kicks off and then they collapse. But what I what I found was that it seemed like the crowd was quite quiet, even before the minute silence. Like there was the like like Paul talked about the tension, the anticipation of like right, let's not be very loud at all. So when it starts, we're actually ready to go because yeah. we we're not getting mm-hmm. we're not going to get this pinned on us at all. Um, and it's terrible that we that the fans have to feel like that, that that even amongst the fan base we feel like that there's a tension because obviously within the fan base we feel like there's an element that can't be trusted to keep quiet and they obviously were like you know two lone voices the fan base was you know was silent that could be trusted but it's just 
it's just the optics, isn't it? Like we we don't we we don't need to set the Daily Mail to have it. I mean, they made a didn't they do a front page over us booing the anthem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it. I'm sure they did. So you just don't need that sort of fire, um, that light spotlight put onto you. Um, and by the time October rolls around, they, you know it won't be it won't be time anyway. And um, yeah, it's it's just yeah. it, it, we shouldn't ever have to have this debate. You know, a, a, a fairly famous 96-year-old woman who was pivotal to the country's recent history died. That should have been the end of it. Minute silence and we move on. And let's hope we can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody has their different reactions to this kind of stuff without, you know, getting too far in, into it and everything. Um, everybody has a right to be upset about whatever. Like when when celebrities that, I'm, that I followed for a long time pass away, I'm kind of like quite sad about that i don't think i've ever quite got over rick mail dying for instance <laughs> like i was yeah. devastated by that i'm still gutted about it um but yeah i mean bullet dodged for us in in that regard tonight i think um because i do agree with you and I, I do think that the there was an element about when the premier league were considering whether to cancel the games this weekend i do think they would have been looking in particular at us when they made that decision i think that they would have thought that we would have been the ones who would have been more likely to Kick what? up, a, kick, kick up a bit of a fuss, and and they just decided they shit the bed and just decided they wanted none of it. Um, so I mean, what I can I just say on the Premier? I think what I think also what the Premier League did was what happens a lot recent in the last twenty years is is the 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 performative act of of looking sad, and they took it too far because everyone else went yeah okay we'll look sad but we're still going to play because why wouldn't we? It wasn't a tra- it wasn't a tragic and sudden death. It was ninety six. It was on the cards. You know, she'd gone up to uh, Balmoral. She'd been up there for months. You know, because it it was clearly it was it was, and she'd like sacked off a lot of engagements, and she'd made uh, the new prime minister go up there because she just wasn't in a fit state. It's, you know, you think about it now, it's quite remarkable. She got, I mean, she could have she could have done us all a favor and taken Liz Truss with her, but uh, she um, mm-hmm. she you know it's quite remarkable that she did that, and then two days later she's like she's clearly on her way out because it was you know. The fact that BBC got on like at 12 o'clock in black ties and stuff said, yeah, and the medical supervision. So there was obviously briefing that like, yeah, she's 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 dying. It's not going to take it's not going to take long. Um, it's it's I just I, as Dave said, I, I just everyone, everyone's gone a bit mad over it. And I, I just want it to be over because the performative act of looking sad as just goes too far amongst people. Like, see, so you had the situation with Centre Parks. Oh, my Probably God. Probably, because I'll tell you where that is. They don't want to pay their staff the double time that the bank holiday would be. And so it's easier to kick people out than to pay everybody double time they haven't budgeted for. That'll be what that is. But it, this is what the Premier League and the FA fell for, the performative act of looking sad. And they was where well, we got to look really sad. We've got to look like, you know, oh, we're really serious about this. We're properly serious about this. So we'll cancel all the games. And you go, all right, fine. You want to cancel the Premier League. And yeah, Chris is right. Maybe there's there's, there's, a, there's an element of we can't trust certain elements of certain fan bases to keep stum. So we're not, we're just going to take that out of the equation. But then you go, well, why did they cancel the grassroots and the kids football? Yeah. What? That is just, that's performative. That is like, yes, yeah, so solemn, so sad. We'll have to cancel everything. Like, Behave yourselves. Not all of it though. Eating boys still got to yeah, play. Yeah, I heard it. that. Eating, I heard Eaton yeah. were playing. You're joking. No, no. No, they played. They played oh with God. a FA licensed referee in the game as well, apparently. Because and 
not to dwell on this for much longer, longer so I'll try and wrap this up real quick. But people hark back to like when the Newcastle game was cancelled when Diana died. Well, the thing of it is, that was a tragic accident that happened very suddenly of a figure, that, of a much-loved public figure. And so they felt that, oh, we just won't play. Um, that That's different to, to to this, which is like, this was on the cards, this was going to happen. So, you know, I don't think, you know... The the guidance from from the government was well you can play if you feel you 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 know for the departure of, uh, departure Department of Culture Media and Sport you can play if you feel it's necessary so it's just they jumped the gun and now what they've done is created a massive backlog for themselves that I'm not sure they'll be able to untangle and also fucked over like loads of fans who were already flying over I yeah. mean the flights yeah. are coming over for not just for our games but for the whole of the Premier League you've got like planes coming over from Ireland, Norway, Denmark, wherever, all coming over like for games. They're already in the air and then it gets announced, oh yeah, the games are off. Well what they, those people have paid for like the flights, hotels, so they get a refund on the match ticket. Well big deal. They, they, yeah. They've still come over for nothing. You know, people who's like planned like for months, they might get to one game a season. You know, you save your money, you but you get your tickets which like, you know, it's hard getting tickets as well. So mm. it's not like they can go, oh, well, I'll just go to the Brighton game in a couple of weeks. It doesn't work like that. Like, they screwed no, over doesn't. so many people because they just don't give a fuck about the fans. It's all about the optics. And, yeah. oh, yeah, we want to be seen to be like, we're grieving and, we're, you know, we're, we're paying our respects. And that's like, fuck off. You're forcing it on people. If people want to, like, sit at home and watch all the coverage and be upset, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. You know, if, if you genuinely feel like you're upset about the Queen dying... I'm, I'm not judging yet. I'm not going to say, ah, what the fuck are you doing? Fine, each to their own. Like Chris said, you know, with Rick Mayo, well, everyone's affected by certain Rick people Mayo, dying. Rick yeah, they were. <laughs> and if, if if some people are affected by by the Queen dying, I don't personally understand it, but whatever, each to their own. But don't force it on everybody else. And like I say, you know, we're living in, like, really shit times. And the, the, the one release that, like, people have got is, like, you're going to work all week and then you, you the weekend comes and it's like, oh, this is, like, my social time now. I'm going to match. I'm going to see my mates. I'm going to have a drink. And that's just taken away. Like, no, no, you're not enjoying yourself. Well, no, you can't force it on people. It's it's fucking. It's just baffling to me, like the way that that people think that that was like an acceptable thing to do. I don't get it. And I put something on Twitter about it. Like obviously the majority of people are agreeing. And then I had like the flag shaggers just coming after me. And I don't understand like the mentality at all. I actually, had someone saying to me. Well, maybe the players don't want to play. Maybe the players are upset. That. I'm like, what? Yeah, what? I'm sure Luis Diaz is devastated. Hell, I know. Listen, Mark Noble's retired. You don't have to worry about that now. You know, Scott God. Parker's out of a job. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. like the only people <laughs> who would be like genuinely affected to the point where they're like, I can't play. Mark Noble's the only one who I can think of. So, you know... He's not playing anymore, so that's fine. The idea Sky managed that, like, to find Sky managed to find him at the Italian I've seen Grand that, Prix. Yeah, he's <laughs> right on brand. That was, but it's like uh, someone seriously saying to me the players wouldn't have been in the right frame of mind to play. It's like unbelievable. What the hell goes through these people's minds? It's just completely bizarre to me. All right, well, I think that's a definitive take on the yeah. um, the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, honestly you, you brought up Rick Mail and you know nothing you're right, nothing annoys me more. You know, you watch an old episode of Bottom and he's like plays this the, the, the seediest, most desperate character, and then you watch like Blackout and he's like Lord Flashout and he's the suavest, smoothest bastard ever, and you think 
that cop, that, that comedic range there. We'd be denied that. There's no need for. There's no. Why can't you take someone's shit? Who's yeah. no good? Why have we got to? Oh. Why can't you take like James Corden or something? <laughs> well, I don't want to name. I don't want to name names. <laughs> I wasn't going to laugh. I'm putting it out there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I mean, yeah, no games now until um, October the first, but. We've signed off um, with a win, which is the most important thing, obviously. Um, has anything you guys want to add about um, tonight before we sign off? Nothing for me. Just just to say, if that you think this break's long, don't forget that from, from November the 12th until January the 20th, I think we play one home game in three months. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Ending on Plenty of note. time to get training. Yeah, you say that, but what happens if, if like, Prince, well, King Charles fucking keels over? We might not even get that home game. Do you know I thought about Don't this? Count your Do you chickens? reckon he'd be like Silvio in the Sopranos when like he when Tony was in the hospital and he got the top job and he couldn't handle it and he got it <laughs> he made himself ill. Do you reckon he, he threw could a be wobbler like today, didn't he? About a yeah. pen. Yeah. There you go. You see? The pen was leaking. That's a, that's a correct Sopranos reference there Actually, as well. you know what? That, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we've got some apologies to do from, from the last part, haven't we? Yeah, uh, we do. Well, me and you do anyway. Uh, so, References and much-loved um, much franchises went yeah, terribly wrong. I, I blew me Sopranos reference when I said Uncle June's balls were hot and sticky. It wasn't Uncle June, it was Phil Leotardo. Obviously, there's the one that you corrected me at the time. Um mistake i always make drag of instead drag of drag off. of i mean that's unforgivable you know i'll, I'll take what whatever he comes me way no i will take whatever he comes away on that but chris the floor is yours as well because now it's yeah. your turn well first of all i've got to pull up the fact that i likened you to those people who still say premiership when it comes oh. to the drag off mistake it was that much of a noob error yeah um but mine mine was pretty bad as well it was it was about rocky three something i've watched like 10 million times not that many, a hundred times probably. And I wrongly said that um, Rocky goes with Apollo to Chicago. Um, he didn't. Chicago is where Club Alang is from. Rocky goes to LA to train with Apollo. So there's my apology. And apologies to all who were offended by those egregious errors. And apologies as well to uh, Sylvester Stallone, Carl Weathers and Mr. T. Uh, did you re- did sense. you think they were running along the shores of Lake Michigan there when the train? I know. Well, that was it, wasn't it? I was like, oh, I, I was actually going for a run myself. And sometimes, every time, I listen to the Rocky Four soundtrack when I'm on a run. And I was thinking, fuck, hold on a second. There's no beaches in Chicago. But never mind. <laughs> I, I had the Rocky Four soundtrack on yesterday. I wasn't going for a run. I was just sitting down. But, but I did have it on. <laughs> I do listen to it regularly. <laughs> it is like the greatest movie soundtrack of yeah, all time. Yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. yeah, it is. All right. Well, we've got a long wait now, so maybe we'll do a we'll, we'll do a Rocky Four soundtrack podcast. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll come up with something in the next couple of weeks um, to hopefully help the passage of time uh, during these barren weeks. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, good to have the Reds back to winning ways. Um, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this it was really good